You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What is up, Denver? Chris Lopez here. And we're going to talk about a very important topic, which is lending. We love finding deals, buying deals, investing in deals, uh, but the sister to deals is financing, it's lending. And for investors out there, you guys know the importance of lending. We also have a lot of new investors that are getting in the game and don't understand the importance of lending or have a great lending relationship. So I have a great lender in the studio today, Troy Howe. We're gonna talk all sorts of uh, tips on how to build a great long-term relation with a lender and make sure you're doing the fundamental things for your credit to go out there and get the best loan you can. Fun sneak peek, uh, Troy's got a fun story where someone spent $30 on a credit card and essentially saved about 5% down on a down payment and about a half a point on their interest rate. So, quarter point. lots of fun stuff. Half, quarter Qu point? Quarter point, but quarter point adds up. Okay, there we go, quarter, quarter point. So, yeah. correct that. So, 5% down payment, quarter point. Well, thank you, Troy. Yeah. And this is why you're the lender. You get the numbers yeah. right. Yeah, we we try. All right. <laughs> uh, so, Troy Howe, you are a lender with Nova Home Loans. We've been working together for many years. Uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah, just been in the lending business. This year's 30 years now. Crazy Happy anniversary. Been. Yeah, so fun stuff. Um, been with Nova now 12 years. And uh, yeah, just love the business. Love working with clients. Love the numbers. Love figuring out the puzzle uh, of each person's unique circumstance and getting that to work within the parameters of the loan products that are available. The mainstream stuff yeah. uh, primarily that works, but also the fringe stuff when needed. Awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I really like it because I think we're, I think we've done 50, 60, 70 deals together at this point or quite a bit, maybe yeah, more. Probably more than that. Okay, more. We've we done a last couple of years. And, uh, you know, anytime we refer out to people, that always reflects back to us. I've always had great things back when we've sent people your way. Good to hear. But uh, what I like about you the most is, hey, you, you have great rates, uh, you, do, you get the deal done. But what I like about you most is you are very consultative focused, like we are here at Vision Advisors. Mm -hmm. We like to sit down, hey, what is your goals, Mr. and Mrs. Investor? Where do you want right. to go? Let's talk about it. And then go out there and play the game to make a strategy fit your situation. Right. So I like 100%. that you do that. Um, and you spend a lot of time with when people connect with you, you spend a lot of time understanding and building that relationship. So thank you. As you guys talk to Troy, keep that in mind. I think that is a superpower you have. Appreciate that. Yep. All right. So, Troy, uh, let's just get into the details of lending on here. You talk about three key ingredients that people need to focus on. What are they? Credit, income, and assets. Credit, uh, income, and assets. Yep. And just making sure that those are in position and well-structured to optimize your lending capability. Uh, and those, it, it tells us what you're capable of doing, how much of a price point you can do for a house purchase for a lending purpose. So understanding the nuances and working within all those three major uh, areas of the loan. So can you kind of break down and give us an example on each one on how you'd be able to you know, optimize it uh, for someone's uh, loan or as they grow their portfolio? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, from a credit standpoint, uh, sometimes it's just a minor tweak. We have a whole credit services department at Nova Home Loans that we can do a quick evaluation to be as efficient as possible to optimize the result, right? So you don't want to throw a bunch of money at credit cards. Hey, I need to pay this stuff off in order to get a loan. You don't. Um, it's not always intuitive. So 
having somebody analyze that in depth and being as efficient as possible can make a huge difference. As so, as your opening example kind of talked about, thirty bucks on a card, yeah, and all of a sudden you're changing the rate by a quarter, and your down payment requirement by five percent is a huge move for thirty bucks. Yeah, and that was one of your clients who did right. Tell the story yeah. on that because that was uh, just yeah. So he very comes fascinating. In, yeah, he and he wasn't really a house hacker, but he was buying his first house. He came into some inheritance and wanted to buy a place, which was great. Get out of the rent. Uh, situation that he was in and have something of value. And so he was planning on putting a chunk of money down. He wanted to at least put no more than 20% down. And we just, the we have to rely upon the automated engines for part of the underwriting process. And it'll tell us risk levels. It's one of the tools the underwriter uses. It's not the begin all end all, but it's one of the tools. It just would not, regardless of how you situated it, because of his credit situation, would not allow us to do anything more or less in his case than 25% down. So by doing some legwork on it and discovering that the credit score being slightly higher would do the trick, then we came up with a strategy of doing the $30 on the credit card, rescoring his credit, rerunning that new report through the system, and voila, we're at 20% down, and it improved the interest rate for him by a quarter percent. So when you say this credit uh, servicing department, like, can yep. you, uh, first off, does that, do you pull my credit to do that? At least a soft check. Okay. So we don't even have to do a hard pull to evaluate the credit and get some sort of take on where things are at and where they need to go or what can be done to improve it. Great. So you do a soft check on there. And then what type of analysis do you do? Like what, I mean, just like I, I, I get, you do the analysis, but like mm -hmm. it just, kind of plays a game how to optimize your credit score? Well, that, so, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. So I have a whole department. Me is my lead gal, and she's been doing it for 25 plus years. So she's a credit expert. So she knows where the hot spots are, but there's a software system that assists her with it. So she's not just willy-nilly and trying something. So she plugs it in and knows how to optimize it. Sometimes it's aging the credit out a little bit. Most places where we attack the credit is with credit cards. So sometimes it's people that don't even have a credit score or a low credit score. It's like you need to get a credit card. Uh, for those that have a credit card, it's optimizing the limit to the balance ratio. Okay. And so she'll she'll run a simulator on it. And so the results are highly probable. It's not guaranteed. You don't want to pay down this credit card and rack up a tab on the other one. But if you follow the prescription, so to speak, then you can put yourself in a really good position of successfully paying $500 down on that credit card and bumping your score by 20 points and putting yourself in a lot better position for the cost of the loan, the mortgage insurance and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And so in terms of like the process, hey, someone, you know, uh, calls in, starts with you, is that uh, credit servicing, is that just part of like your, your approval process, kind of like your standard onboarding process? Where does that fit into your process? Yeah. So it fits early on if we discover that we're a little bit below the optimal credit score. So 760 on a traditional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loan is a threshold where pricing will change, especially with the mortgage insurance. Uh, jumbo financing, different beast. You, there's They're pricing for an 800 plus credit score in some of those programs. But with our traditional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, having over a 760. So somebody might come in with a 748, 759, and it's like, Ooh, you know, let's get to a 760 so we can get you in that next better tiered price mortgage insurance. Because if you're doing a house hack with 5% down, you're going to have some sort of mortgage insurance, whether you're buying it out in a lump up front or you're doing the monthly or a combination thereof. It puts us at, it, it just it just is a waste of uh, efficiency for that opportunity to save yourself 
uh, 25, 30, 40 bucks a month on your payment by doing a quick little tweak, uh, like an engineer I was telling you about that literally only had a credit card to mm. his name on his credit report and he paid it off every month. He rack up to $3,000, pay the thing in full, literally nothing else on his credit report by showing that is paid. It changed the credit score enough to where his pricing for his loan changed by $3,000, same interest rate cost $3,000 less by us just showing that the credit card was paid off and the score difference that it made. Wow. So, and it's like, oh yeah, I'll pay it. He's just paying it a week or two earlier than what he traditionally would have, but it made a difference of two, $3,000. So to me, I just, I feel better knowing that we've optimized the circumstance and the situation that, you know, clients come in with, you know, the hand they're dealt, right? The, the circumstances is what it is, but getting involved early on and evaluating their current circumstances and saying, hey, you can do some things here with the credit. Um, maybe there's a little tweak you need to do with the income liability piece to get your ratios a little bit better in place. And then of course, just making sure we've got everything investigated for the assets and the sources of the assets needed. That's, that's great. And you had uh, told me earlier, one of your, uh, a very simple strategy is that a lot of people just should call the credit card credit card companies to raise their limits. Yeah. Can you, uh, explain that again, to the audience and what is the benefit? Yeah, so huge benefit with just having the best limit to balance ratio. And they take everything in aggregate. So if you have three credit cards and they're all $10,000 limit each, that's 30,000 overall. Um, you may not have balances on the other two credit cards, but you have five grand on the one credit card. You're thinking, oh geez, I'm at 50% limit to balance ratio. Well, no, it's not really that because they look at the 30,000 to the five grand. Right, and so uh, the 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 quick tip and something that everybody can do, and I've done myself, is you just have them bump up the credit card limit, and therefore in that situation you may not have to go and pay that five thousand dollars down that you may not want to. Maybe you want to keep that money in the bank towards your house hack, towards other expenses you're looking at using, but you can achieve the same goal as paying it down to three thousand dollars by raising the limit by. Five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and all they all they can do is say no. It's not going to hurt you. So there's no other like adverse impacts for them saying no. We're not going to do it. There's no nope. adverse. Nope. Not Great. that I've seen. Not that I'm aware. Okay. of. Okay. Yeah, I've 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 got like a credit card with a fifty thousand dollar limit. And it has zero on the balance, but I let it sit there. And the older the credit card is, is also helpful. So don't close old unused credit cards because that can adverse. And again, that's where Mia comes back in with our credit services department because. Uh, people will think intuitively, it's like, hey, I need to close that card. I need to shut that down. I need to pay that off. And it's like, you're not being efficient. And we want to be as efficient as possible and kind of understanding those nuances within the credit world and what it takes to optimize is, is extremely helpful. I like how you focus on being efficient because yeah. uh, that, that's a, I don't hear many people use that word when it comes to like lending and finances. Yeah. But it uh, is a great word to use for all the reasons you described. So I, I like that word a lot because yeah. it really is, you know, as I've gotten, you know, more experience and investing and, and entrepreneurship, all that. It's just the, the more I view things as a game or, hey, yeah. every every aspect of invest, investing or business or like lending, there's just a game. Great. What do I need yes. to do to pull this over 100%. here and optimize it? I love your attitude about how to be efficient yeah. when going out there to, to play and win at the lending game. Yeah. It just puts you in a better position to win when the opportunity presents itself. So, you know, we are recording this just at the very beginning of quarter four in 2023. 
Uh, and this, uh, you know, so rates are very high right now. Uh, rates might go a little bit more, go a little bit lower. And, you know, but for the foreseeable future, we're in some choppy times. What kind of general advice would you give someone looking at the, the rates now? Like, what are some strategies they should be thinking of or how should they be viewing this to, you know, to optimize what they can do in the yeah. current environment? Again, tying, tying back to the efficiency thing, there's, uh, there's a balance between being super aggressive with buying down the interest rate in this elevated rate environment versus just taking on a, a higher rate. So do you buy it down aggressively uh, with some thinking in the general consensus is we're going to see some better rates. We don't know when, we don't know how much, but sometime in 2024, there's some anticipation of some better rates. So you don't want to load in a bunch of money to buy down an interest rate that you have the potential of refinancing, you know, in six, 12, 18 months down the road. So it's striking up that balance, but at least understanding that. So you go into it eyes wide open. Uh, and again, tying back to the efficiency piece that you're not throwing a lot of money into the deal. Even if you're getting a seller credit towards your closing cost, dumping it all into buying down the interest rate may not be the best option. So it's it's sizing that up and just making sure you're making the best short-term, long-term uh, decision with the property. So we're optimizing that property. I, and that, I don't want people going in thinking that they're going to refinance because you may not be able to. So you got to make sure the numbers are working at the current interest rate at what we close. So you're not in a pickle down the road. And I guess with the same thing, because, you know, two two very common strategies for house hackers is to go in there and buy the interest rate down mm -hmm. or prepay mortgage insurance. Right. Now, for me as an investor, as I've consulted with people, and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I'm a lot personally a lot less favor of prepaying uh, mortgage insurance yep. and rate buy downs. But do you have that same advice for mortgage insurance? Well, because once you refi, yeah. it resets that clock as well, oh, right? Yeah, 100%. So if you bought it down, you paid a lump of money up front to buy out the mortgage insurance. When we go back to do the refinance, everything's going to be based on that appraised value. So hopefully the values come up enough and the appraisal comes in strong enough and you've paid down the loan enough to get you to a position where you don't have to deal with mortgage insurance. But if you're not at that 80% loan to value, you're going to have some exposure to having to deal with mortgage insurance again. So now you have to either buy it out again or you're going to deal with a monthly amount to work mm -hmm. with. So um, and there's there's some good evaluation that we've done with clients on that very thing, buyout versus monthly. And then what's that crossover point? In two years, can we demonstrate on-time payments and get it removed? And I've had some very good success post-closing, just working with past clients. Hey, let's see what we can do to get rid of the mortgage insurance for you. Your rate's great. doesn't make any sense to refinance. You went with a monthly. Let's now try to get rid of it. So, and we've sure. done that. And then all of a sudden you're saving 150, 160 bucks a month because you don't help with cash flow quite a bit extremely That's and you a, didn't have to refinance because they've got a stellar rate going so are you seeing fewer people like prepay and buy things down now in the current interest rate environment with people kind of betting on or you know betting's the right word hey yeah. rates will drop in a um, year or two yeah it's been a kind of a combination of things uh it's, i've seen some people get aggressive still with buying it down regardless right yeah of, of kind of pointing the the different pros and cons to that uh, but like I just had a gal purchase a, a brand new construction and we did a two one buy down. So that's kind of a rage right now. Is what is a two one buy down? So a two one buy down is where you get a temporarily artificially bought down payment for the first and second year and a seller can kick in and pay that. You can, this particular transaction had negotiated $20,000 towards closing costs. So 15,000 of that was utilized towards buying down the interest rate. And then the remainder 5,000 and change or whatever that was, was used towards just general closing cost. So her thinking, her position with that is, I want a reasonable payment. I wanna make sure it's manageable for me. 
And then my expectation, her expectation and plan is that within the next year or so, I'll be able to refinance before it gets to the third year where it's at the highest point that it'll go. So to, uh, to recap this, because this is a, a, you know, it's a program that's out there. A lot of people aren't familiar with it. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes on to say interest rates are 7%. Mm-hmm. And that's not a real quote. That's just for example, sake, everyone. Yes. Uh, so 7%, they, they then a lot of times will take a seller, seller credit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically cash, the closing table, the seller gives and the goes straight to the lender. And right. then year one, they're buying it down two points. The first yep. year that 5%. And then the second year they're at six percent, and then the third year they're at seven percent. At seven, rest. exactly. And so, and something I learned uh, after a few months of first learning about this, I was like, "Hey, I like that program, but hey, if interest rates drop, you're going to refi and lose it." But correct me wrong, but that money actually escrows. So if you do refi correct. earlier, you, you actually you don't lose it. out the remainder. So yeah, explain that better than I yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. So you nailed it. Basically, that money's set off into this escrow account, a little savings account to uh, subsidize the payments pay them down. And then, so say after year one, you pay off the loan, you're, you're refinancing, you're paying off that loan. So year two, money didn't get utilized that's in that account sitting there ready to help pay those payments down. So that gets credited. So it's not lost money towards the principal of the loan on the payoff. So they just literally give a credit towards the payoff and your, oh, that's your where it goes. Is reduced. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to the principal. They don't hand you a check. They just do a reduction on the principal balance. Oh, great. So you get the benefit of a lower payoff. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the two one buy down, uh, make sure you understand it. Uh, you know, and obviously talk to Troy about it. He'll walk yep. you through all the details over there. Great. Anything else in terms of like just kind of like strategy or, or things you're seeing with the where we're on the market right now? Yeah, I think it's just making sure being as efficient as possible. Again, I, you know, you pointed out the word, but it's a word I commonly use. Um, just making sure you're not taking on expenses, just keeping that cash flow free as possible is important. So not taking on any crazy additional debt. Uh, I know so wait, once of, I go on a contract on a property, I shouldn't go get a new car payment? A highly, <laughs> highly advised. If you want to give a lender uh, cardiac arrest, great, great, I was going to say gray area, a cardiac arrest even better. Go, <laughs> Heart go, palpitations, <laughs> whatever. Go get a car loan or a boat loan. I, I had a guy do it years ago. It was buying brand new construction VA deal and the real estate agent called me up and said, did you, did he tell you? And it's like, tell me what about the car? What car are you talking about? He bought a $90,000 Audi with a $900 payment. Ouch. Luckily, he's still qualified, but it could have grenaded wow. the deal on the spot, but he's still qualified yeah. for the deal. But yeah, you just... It, so we're joking about this here. Please don't know. It's, it's, it's a common mistake people make yeah. and it really sucks for the client. Yeah, because all of a sudden you put the cart before mm-hmm. the horse. You want a house to put the car in, not the car to put wherever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Get, fill the garage after you buy the house. The house is more important than a um, Awesome. Car. And one thing I want to highlight here just says like, you know, especially uh, house hackers are getting plugged in. They're building their portfolio. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think, talk to a lender too late. Um, I always yeah. think like, hey, people a lot of times talk to us for some, hey, I want to do this. I'm about awesome. We can talk about this. You're six months out. The next phone call you should make should be to Troy or yeah. a lender to go out there and say, hey, I'm doing this and start that relationship. Because if there are any issues or optimizations, the sooner you are uh, ahead of it, Absolutely. the better. Yeah. Um, but don't be afraid about talking to the lender early on. Uh, the sooner you do, the better off you are. You've got to start somewhere, right? So you might as well know where you stand. And, and sometimes I've had clients I've worked with for years, several years. They, uh, I had a client that uh, had just filed a bankruptcy 
and kind of a unique situation, but his mom had essentially bought the house for him. And so he, his mom wanted to be taken out. She wanted to be off the deal because she needed to go do some other things. So we did some um, offbeat financing that would accommodate a situation where we had a bankruptcy less than six months ago. So there are, there are loan programs for that. Um, we did that. And then subsequently, as we got to a better place, we refinanced into an FHA, which allows for two years out from a BK discharge. And then eventually we mm. took that and got him into an even better place a few years after that with a regular good conventional loan with the good rates we saw in 2020, 2021, which is awesome. So, I mean, multi-year process, uh, but I, I think to your point, Chris, is getting started early, checking things out, kind of knowing where you're at. I, and I've told a lot of clients over the years, you, you know, you go to the doctor once a year for a physical, at least you should, right, to check things out. I feel fine. Everything seems to be good, but I don't know what I don't know. So talking to a lender, kind of getting that checkup, especially if you're entertaining doing something. So if there's some optimization that needs to be done with the credit, with the income, with the with the debt load, or with the assets, then you can start working towards that. And I don't care if somebody's six months down the road, 12 months down the road, 18 months down the road, you, you need to start somewhere. And you can do a pre-approval now. And to me, that pre-approval Technically, some of the documents are going to age out. If we did pay stubs, bank statements, yep. all that stuff, they're going to age out because they only have a certain shelf life for underwriting purposes. But if everything's status quo, really that that pre-approval is still good into the future. If their income's the same, you haven't done anything crazy with your credit and your assets have been building uh, six months down the road. Yeah, you're still pre-approved. Yeah, we need to freshen up your pay stubs, maybe grab a new W-2 and a pay, uh, bank statement, but you're on your way. Um, so just doing that initial consultation from lending perspective, it doesn't cost you anything. It's just my time, your time, a little bit of investment. It makes it more efficient when the time does come around. So a lot of clients, hey, I may not be doing something until spring of 2024. Well, let's get you in and, and check things out now. Make sure mm -hmm. everything's cool. Do the checkup. Um, you're on track. Everything's perfect. Keep doing what you're doing. And then we'll be ready to go. And then you're not starting from scratch with an application and stuff. It's just, hey, just a few freshening up things and, and we're ready to put an offer in. It also helps you move quicker and more efficiently, efficiently with your contract so that you can uh, do tighter timelines. So if you need to do from contract to close within a few weeks, it gives you that opportunity because you're already that much more prepared. You're not starting from the ground level. So there's a lot of pluses to doing it. And, and uh, I can't think of a lot of good arguments for not. No, I, I agree. So uh, talk to Troy sooner rather than later, everyone. Yep. All right. So something else I want to talk about here, uh, especially for for new investors, they have a they don't have the appreciation yet for understanding how important and what a big role the lender plays in the uh, you know getting a property under contract and the closing table. You know, a lot of people, especially, they come out and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the the lender with the best rates and the lowest fees." And I, I, I get that mindset because we all want to go out there and save every dollar Understood. we can. But sure. I think the better question to ask is how can I go out there and find a lender with the best value? Because mm -hmm. uh, I've seen quite a few deals get blown up where they've you know, gone to an online banker or online mm -hmm. mortgage website. And hey, it's an eighth of point lower than like you or another local lender. Um, and then, but they can't get the property closed. Mm -hmm. And then four months later, okay, you're worried about $12 a month in the savings, but you actually can never get the property closed. So can you talk about like the value that you and Nova Home Loans brings and just help people like understand that's right. all just about the, you know, what's written on the rates yep, and fees? Absolutely. So some of the stuff we've already touched on, but it's, it's evaluating the situation uh, of, 
the client of the borrower, looking at the credit, income and assets, making sure that's and, and providing guidance and expertise on that. A lot of times you're not going to get that from the big box people, the big box banks, the rockets, mortgages of the world, the quicken loans of the world. A lot of those guys are just intake type persons and yeah. they're not, they're just going to kind of feed you. Here's, here's what we've got. Uh, when there's a lot more that, that meets the eye, it's not just a 30 year fix. There's ways to go about doing that. So value comes in with expertise and packaging optimization, like we've talked about the credit and all those kind of things, but that support that I can give to the real estate agent on that real estate transaction. So what you're heading towards, you know, being able to make that call on an evening, uh, weekday or weekend to the listing agent on an offer that's just been submitted. And we're competing with three or four other offers and getting our offer accepted over those other offers. You, you spend a fair amount of time looking for identifying a property, creating a contract, putting that offer in on that, doing your analysis on the property, right? For, from a house hack standpoint, to make sure that that thing's going to meet meet the requirements, that the numbers are going to crunch out good. So we want to do everything we can, and I'm part of that process, to get that offer accepted. So between a strong pre-approval letter that is given with the offer uh, to the listing agent representing the seller, to that phone call to the listing agent to reassure them that we've done our due diligence, that we've looked at the income, looked at the credit, looked at the assets, and we're just plugging in a property. And as long as the property checks out appraisal-wise, inspection, and the dates work, we have a high, high probability of successfully closing the loan on time as scheduled. Great. So um, I, I, I asked you the main questions I wanted to, but I know, you know, you got 30 years in the industry. So, you know, every year always believe. brings a couple of the unique stories. Any like just like stories that you want to share or tips from the highlight? Um, that yeah, you I think, think we've of? Kinda, I, th I think we've kind of hit on a few of those just because those always kind of jump out at me, yeah. you know, like $30 at Best Buy to change crazy. things dramatically. And it just sounds so counterintuitive because he literally had no credit card usage and, and he didn't even have the credit cards. And it's like, dude, you go to Best Buy, they'll look you up at the register for your headphone purchase and they'll charge it to your account and then give me a copy of the, of the, the slip to show that you have the balance. And then we ran with it from there. So it's just... It just, it seems so random, but it worked and it worked to a charm. So it's, it's those type of things. Um, yeah. And the other guy just working him through from a bankruptcy into a traditional loan. I've had people do chaffa minimum down, uh, payment programs and eventually go out and buy a house with a fair amount of more money. I mean, it's just a huge wealth builder. So it's exciting yeah. and fun to work with clients, first time home buyers, house hackers or whatever to buy a piece of real estate because it you're gonna have to pay to live somewhere so you might as well be putting money in a place where you're going to see it again and it's going to build some wealth for you ah uh, so well said all right troy this has been a great podcast thank you and i highly recommend everyone out there get in touch with troy you can see he likes to sit down do the strategy do a consultation with you uh he's on a lot of our webinars podcasts he's at pretty much all of our house hack meetups some other yes. local events we do so you'll be seeing his face and voice around town more, but I definitely recommend people reach out and sip a call with Troy. Appreciate it. Yep. And what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Call me, text me, or email me. All right. So all the basics, whatever. I cool. Don't, I don't respond well to smoke signals, but... No, we can try that too. <laughs> no, so we'll put all those show notes, uh, all your contact in the show notes. Troy, thank you so much, man. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. <laughs>